Welcome to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church. I'm Sarah Jala Emanuel, as you've heard, I'm the minister of Living Word Church. Now, the past two months, we've been on the issue of true Christianity, what Christianity really is supposed to be, according to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself, what Christianity should be, according to his teachings, and the teachings carried on by his apostles. And um, I've established over the past two months that no other foundation can be laid except that laid through Jesus uh, by the apostles through Jesus Christ by his apostles we cannot lay any foundation we cannot introduce any new doctrines we cannot introduce any different styles because um, so a lot of um, people or you see on pulpits nowadays are called self-styled preacher self-styled prophet and all that well anyone who is self-styled is self-serving we have got we have got to be Christ styled. The apostles did not develop styles of their own. They continued the teachings of Christ. The teachings they learned from Christ whilst they worked with our Lord during his earthly ministry. They carried on that work. And we are expected to do the same. We cannot lay new foundations. I say it again and again. We cannot lay new foundations. We are building. We are supposed to build on the foundations laid by the apostles because they worked to Christ in perfection the way the Lord wanted. It is not good enough for us to come up with all sorts of ideas and all sorts of seeker-friendly measures, which is what is being done today. The nonsense that is called Christianity today in most of the places, it's a whole lot of nonsense, starting with the Catholic teachings and doctrine down to the outright charismatics, where a whole lot of baloney is being taught, a whole lot of nonsense is being preached, where people have deviated from the pure, unadulterated teaching of the message of the gospel. I mean, nowadays it is no longer fashionable to talk about the kingdom of heaven and to talk about hell and to talk about repentance and sin. It's most unnecessary. And we have got, I mean, what it is, Satan is a very, very smart guy. It's a very smart adversary. It's a very, very smart person. And he is formidable. Quite honestly, we do not have the power to fight against Satan of ourselves. We can't. Nor does the Bible teach us to go after him in the kind of physical way that people are being taught nowadays, being given empty words saying, and I bind you, Satan, and I cast you in the abyss. You cannot cast him into any abyss. You cannot bind him. You don't have the power to do that. I don't have the power to do that. And we have not been given the authority to do that. No, we haven't. Satan will be cast in through an abyss. He will be bound forever only by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the creator of all things. Lord Jesus Christ, the sovereign God, who alone, he alone has that power and that authority. And he has said that is what he will do. Now that is up to him when he does it. The book of Revelation tells us about the Lord's plan for the future. But as for you and I, what do we do as far as, the, as, far as Satan is concerned? We're supposed to resist him and he will flee from us. That is the command we have. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, Unfortunately, a lot of people, professing Christians today, are not resisting the devil. Rather, they are making all sorts of indecent proposals to, to, to Satan. They are asking him for relationships. They are going to him for relationships. You might wonder what I'm talking about. I'll break it down to you. But we're supposed to resist. The only way we resist is by obeying the word of God, by living by the instructions of our Lord being fully submitted to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That is why the Bible says that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. 
Now, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and if you come to Jesus in spirit and in truth, if you come and submit your life to Christ Jesus because you believe that without him, you cannot be saved, there's no salvation, without his atoning work on the cross, your sins will not be forgiven. So you come to him fully submitted in plea, not the arrogant way that people have been told to invite Jesus into your life. It doesn't work that way. You are the one who go to the Lord to plead. Because people, you know, you talk to them about Christ and they're being told, oh, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Accept. It's not somewhat that. I think there's a misunderstanding there, you see, because this is what leads to people's arrogance. So they come to the church and they start commanding and, and demanding things of, of, of Christ. It does not work that way. He has to accept us. We don't accept him. We come to him, humble ourselves on our knees, crying if necessary because you've realized how fallen you are. When we come to realize that without him we're nothing and we need his forgiveness for our sinful lives. We need him for salvation. Otherwise, we will die. We will perish. That's what. So we come. And when we do come like that in full submission, you are, you be, he takes you, forgives you, and makes you one of his own. And he automatically then gives you the Holy Spirit. Because it is his promise to us that he will seal us for that day. For the day of redemption, we will be sealed by his, by his Holy Spirit. He's a gift from Christ. He comes to us as the third person of the Trinity. We don't do anything to earn the Holy Spirit. So he comes and he inhabits us. But then, he does not inhabit everybody who claims to be a Christian. It doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. You have got to be submitted. This is what I'm saying. That submission must be there. The repentance must be there. The humility must be there. And so, when you are like that, Jesus says to us in chapter 14 of um, the Gospel of John, Jesus said in verse 21 of that, for John fourteen twenty one, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. And then he continues again in verse 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So now in the, in, in, uh, we are contained or inhabiting the true Christian, is God Almighty and God the Son in the power of God the Spirit. That is when he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And as such, you are able then to resist the devil. Jesus, when, when Satan actually approached the Lord physically during the Lord's um, 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, when Satan approached them and tempted him three times, Jesus did not say, I bind you and I cast you and I do this and I, and I curse you and Holy Ghost fire and all that nonsense that is being taught today. Jesus didn't say that. He resisted with the word of God. Why? He was fully obedient to God the Father. He was fully submitted to God the Father. And so when Satan quoted the Bible, uh, the word of God to him, trying to tempt him, Jesus was able to resist him by the simplicity of the word of God. That is the power you and I have got over Satan. You, you don't bind him. Stop wasting your time. And anyway, when the Bible also tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us, why is it that so many teachings today lay so much emphasis on Satan anyway and, 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 and demons 
And so they talk about witchcraft. I spoke about this in my last teaching on this series, where people are being told that they are, they, they, they've been bound by something, they're under a curse, and they're, and they're under some generic curse or some ancestral curse and all that palaver, all that. It's, it's, again, that's a lot of nonsense. Because when you are in Christ, if you're truly in Christ, the problem with a lot of people is this issue of sub- submission and obedience. People don't want to be bothered with that. They love their sin so much that they cannot separate themselves unto Christ. And so they want to try, the, they want to go for the easy believism that is being touted on, on pulpits today called Christianity. It's okay, just come as you are. There's never, never mind the repentance and things. You will lead to God. So Jesus is there. Just command it and name it and claim it and off you go. You're supposed to be healthy, wealthy and, and whatever else and prosperous and all that. You're supposed to have an abundance of everything in the world because this is your kingdom, because we're a child of the kingdom. Child of what kingdom? The kingdom of Satan, perhaps, because he is the one who rules the kingdom of this world. Because if you are a child of the kingdom of God, I'll tell you, we'll see what Jesus says those who truly belong to the kingdom of God. And then you can figure out for yourself whether you belong there or you belong to the kingdom of this world. And then you can understand what the Bible says when it says that the kingdoms of this world will all be taken out, will all crumble. The only kingdom that stands forever is the kingdom of God Almighty himself. So when you're being told all these things, so much emphasis being laid on Satan, that people run around feeling sorry for themselves, throwing pity parties, believing that every failure in your life is because of the enemy who's after you. You think Satan has got time to be running after individuals and making sure you don't get a promotion at work and all such silliness? He's a very busy guy. He's a very, very busy guy. And he deals with more important things. He's a, lot more import, he's a lot more interested in your soul, not whether or not you have money here or not. He enriches people. Did you not know that? Even and try to incise our Lord Jesus Christ with worldly fame and riches. So that's not a problem. He's not after you to make sure you are poor and make sure you're physically sick and all that. That's not enough. He's after your soul, your very soul. And he's got your soul in his hands. He's got it under control when you are disobedient to Christ. He's won the battle when you are disobedient to Christ. When you cannot understand, fully understand and accept the teachings of our Lord himself, but you'd rather follow the teachings of this world. It isn't everybody just because they got all kinds of titles. They all call themselves reverends and reverend doctors and they claim to be your father in the Lord and your mother in the Lord and all such nonsense. Even when our Lord Jesus Christ himself said you are not to call anyone on earth father because there's only one father and he's in heaven. But no, you like the teachings of what you hear it. So you're happy to call a fellow human being who is supposed to be another ransom sinner like yourself, but then again, they're not really ransomed anyway because these guys are false teachers and false prophets. They don't belong to Christ, so they're not even ransomed. But you're happy to follow these, uh, these self-made idols and, uh, and believe them and call them your father and call them your mother. What is it they've done for you? Which of them laid down their lives for you? Which of them shed blood on your behalf? Which of them atoned for your sins? Which of them has given you salvation that you're finding yourselves fathers and mothers all over the world? I always say I refuse to address anybody as reverend. And I still say it, and I will say that until I leave this world. Because the only one to be revered is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. What is there in any man? I don't care how much you've studied, or how much anybody has studied, or how how many qualifications you have, or how, how eloquent you have, or how large a crowd you have following you. You cannot be revered. You're a mere man. 
So no true servant of Christ really runs around accumulating titles and being dem- and demanding they be addressed by titles. We walk with Christ in humility, in submission of spirit, understanding that we're nothing. I have nothing to say to you except that which the Lord imparts to me. And this brings us to the issue also. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That is the command we have. My best friend, what a beautiful Christian woman she is. However, she used to belong to the spiritually dead Anglican church where she had a gay vicar and so obviously she wasn't growing spiritually. She just went as routine church attendance every Sunday. And eventually she discovered vibrant Christianity in a Pentecostal church with someone who took her to some time. And although she's not in that particular church anymore, but um, she still very much likes the um, Pentecostal doctrines. Although she loves talking to me about Christianity and learning a lot more from what I say to her. And she says, but why do people then say this? Why do people then say that? Because she comes with all sort of, she, she's filled with all this sort of false notions that, it, that is being taught. She loves it, unfortunately. And this is what the Bible says, that the time will come when people will no longer hold on to sound doctrine, but rather to suit their itchy ears, they will gather around themselves a large number of teachers to tell them what, they, what their itchy ears want to hear. Fortunately, unfortunately, my, my, my friend, although she loves Christ, I know she loves Christ, she loves these ridiculous teachings. My friend loves to believe so much that anything that goes wrong in her life is not her fault, but there's some force somewhere that's after her. There's somebody in her in-law's family or somebody somewhere who is after her. She, she's always forever watching out for some shadow following her, which it, that really hurts me because it is terrible to watch a person suffer so much mentally like that because she always has all these beliefs. And when she starts telling me, she says, I know, Sarah, you don't believe in these things, but quite honestly, then I had this dream and then I had that dream. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I don't care what dreams you had. You had those dreams because the issue is so much on your mind. That's why these things are tormenting you in your dreams. There's no truth in it, you know. I know she loves, she, she, I mean, she comes to worship with me whenever she has opportunity to. She loves to worship with us. She loves it. She I mean, she says it herself, but then she cannot tear herself away from the ridiculous teachings, the Pentecostal teachings she receives. And you know what she said to me <laughs> once or twice? She said, well, yeah, I've been gone. We had a Bible session, a teaching session together, just me and her. She said, yeah, but you see these teachers, I mean, they, they do teach the truth sometimes. <laughs> And I had to laugh. I said, yes, they do teach the truth sometimes. That is the whole idea of heresy. Heresy is aligning your lies. Aligning your lies with the truth. They have to, I said, don't you understand the trick of the devil here? He's got to speak the truth to draw people near. And then he will then mesmerize them with lies. So that is the whole idea. If a person comes out, lying to you from the very beginning starts blotting out a whole lot of lies it will be easy enough to detect them but these guys according to our lord jesus christ come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves so they will tell you some truth i said the trouble is this any true servant of god has to speak the truth all the time and you simply have to because they are not speaking on their own they are speaking in, uh, according to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses the, the servants of God. We don't speak. I always pray before I, call, before I do any teaching at all. I always say, Father, take control of my tongue, of my mind. Let me speak nothing of my own volition. But let me only speak as you desire. 
Holy Spirit, speak through me. I am here to be used by you. I am the mouthpiece. You do the teaching. Because I do not have the power to convict anyone. It is only the word of God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit convicts. The word of God is the truth. And when you embrace the truth, Jesus said, you will know the truth. And if you obey me, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can only be liberated by the truth of God according to the understanding given you by the Holy Spirit. He convicts you. He makes you understand who you are, where you are, and your need for Christ and the truth. So I said to my friend, I said, look, it's not enough that a teacher, a, a, a professing servant of God, speaks the truth every now and then. You've got to be consistent in your truth speaking. You cannot be teaching. Come on, people's lives are at stake here. You cannot teach them the truth today and then lies tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. This is why you should be discerning. There has to be consistency. Every great servant of God that I have known were consistent in their teachings. How can you be confused and so speak a lie today and then truth tomorrow? It isn't done. It is not done. We do not have precedent of that from the prophets. That one day they prophesied the truth and then the following day it, it was wrong. Or maybe the prophet that said the truth and then all of a sudden their, 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 their tongues changed and they spoke lies. Jesus did not make mistakes in what he taught. Neither did the apostles. So those of us today who serve Christ cannot. There's simply no room for such mistakes. The truth of God stands. It is eternal. It's always been. It's not going to change. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should change his mind. And that's why Peter the Apostle said, be clear-minded and, and, and sober. We've got, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must be consistent in your truth. So it's not enough that, okay, one day they tell you the truth and then the other day maybe you made a mistake. You do not make a mistake when you are teaching the people the word of God. There are no mistakes to be made. The word is written on, well, I suppose there will be mistakes made when a person claims they're receiving new revelation that is not in line with scripture. Yeah, then they'll make mistakes. We have received all sorts of ridiculous prophecies like that from the most famous televangelists telling us all sorts of things that Jesus said and these things don't come to pass. Of course, yes, they made the a mistake. They're only human, aren't they? <clears throat> Sorry, that's not good enough for any true servant of God. You do not make mistakes in speaking the word of God. The word of God is infallible. The word of God stands and always will. So the problem is that people are simply not discerning anymore. Why are they not discerning? Because they have not truly come to Christ. Anyone who is truly seeking the Lord will understand what the Lord's, what the truth is. You will hear the teachings, and whether it is flattering to you or not, you will be able to know. You will know whether it is truth or not. Satan will tell you flattering things. He will tell you flattering things. The other things it tells you are things to, to keep you in check when it puts and incites fear in you. <clears throat> when you're being told that you, you, you're under a curse you're, and you need to be delivered. And these guys purport to deliver you. How many times do you hear the, um, do, do we read of the apostles in the Bible delivering people from, from, from ancestral curses? How many times do we read of our Lord Jesus Christ himself when he was here delivering anybody from ancestral curses? And the prophets in the Old Testament, how many people do we see, do we read of them delivering from ancestral curses? Where have these curses come from? I told you the last time I spoke about this subject, I said, listen, there is only one curse that can operate in the life of any man. And that is the curse that God himself has ordained for those who will reject him. You reject Jesus Christ, the son of God, 
the Savior, the only Lord of all the earth and in the heavens. If you reject him, you reject God Almighty, God the Father. Jesus said, whoever accepts me, accepts the Father. Whoever rejects me, rejects the Father. You cannot go to the Father except through the Son. Such are the people under a curse. And so if you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, you see from verses 1 to 14, the Bible tells us very very clearly, if, if you will obey the commands of God, if, that's the condition, if you will fully obey, the Bible says, it doesn't say partially obey, whereby you say, well, my pastor teaches some truth sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's all right. Sometimes he, you know, his teachings get a bit carnal. No, you cannot have carnal teachings at any time. It is not allowed in the, tr- in the church of Christ. Your teaching has got to be spiritual always. <clears throat> so Deuteronomy 28, it says that from the very first verse, the opening statement, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, if you fully obey, it says, the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, not some, not if you obey most of them, if you fully obey and, and, and we follow all his commands. Then he leaves all the, all the blessings from verse 2 all the way through to verse 14. Is all kinds of blessings which Christians love to embrace and claim? Oh, well and good. That's okay. There are blessings from God our Father if you do belong to God. And you have every right to, to um, identify with them because it is God's promise to us, you know, on condition that we fully obey <laughs> all of his commands. So there we are. We have that. So from verse, verse 2 to 14 there is the blessings. However, this, what, this bit, the second part of Deuteronomy 28, from verse 15 all the way down to verse 68, people do not like to read. Yes, I've not had many preachers talk about this, except myself in my own little world. I do teach people. I mean, I say to, I say to, my, to members of the church, I say to them, listen, if you, in as much as you want to identify with Deuteronomy 1 to 14, which is a good thing, as long as you're obedient to God, always read. Always, every now and then, remind yourselves of the other side of it, the curse, by reading verses 15 to 68 as well, so that you can know what happens when you decide when you choose to be disobedient. Because it says in verse 15 there, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So you see, there is no curse anybody can lay on you except that which God has established. Now, the one which God has established is established it for the disobedient. So if you are truly a Christian, you are obedient and you're following Christ. You're following the word of the Lord. You live in obedience to the commands of the Lord. You've got no problem worrying about any, any curses. And in fact, if you are walking in disobedience, no man can deliver you from the curses that God has himself established, as I, as I showed you in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. No man can deliver you. You will deliver yourself when you humble yourself before Christ and start walking with the Lord in spirit and in truth. Otherwise, you remain under a curse. And forget about the ancestral curses. People are lying to you that you have. They turn you, they, they make, they, they turn you against members of your family. Telling you the curses come from your mother-in-law or your father or your great-grandmother or somebody. Pointing, pointing fingers at innocent people telling you that they are affecting you. Who is another man 
another mere human like yourself to, to affect your destiny? What kind of Christianity are you practicing when you believe in all this nonsense? Who is the Lord of your life? Because I am sorry. My destiny was written by Christ Jesus himself, the Lord of life. The creator of all things in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. The only one who has all power in heaven and on earth. So I don't see which power or principality or anything or anyone, I don't care which spirit has possessed them or what demons they walk with or in the council of which satanic forces they eat and dine. They cannot do a thing to me. Not whilst I rest under the shadow of the Almighty. They cannot affect my destiny. God has ordained for me what I am going to be, what I am going to do for him. I live my life for the Lord, in obedience to the Lord. No man, high or low born, no principality or dominion or any kind of weakness in any spiritual high places can affect my, my destiny as ordained by Christ. Because there is no power greater than the power of Christ Jesus our Lord. But if you want to believe it, and you run into some fallen human being, one of the sons of Satan, who claims they're going to deliver you, and so you come for seven days of deliverance, while they're shouting all over you, telling you they are binding Satan, and they're sending Holy Ghost fire all over the place, you fool yourself. You fool yourself, and you do not know the Lord. If you know the Lord, you work in quiet submission of spirit. And he takes care of you. The Bible tells us that the Lord has given his angels charge of us to watch us in all our ways. And, he, and even that Psalm 91 says to us that they will carry us on their wings so that we will not dash our feet against stones. That is, even when we walk in dangerous territory, the angels of God are there to protect us. No man can protect you from a thing. No man can. But God has promised that to those of us who belong to him. Now, you will have problems in the world. We will face problems. We face them daily. It has to be that way. Jesus made it very clear. In this life, you will have tribulation. But take, take heart. I have overcome the world. So while somebody is telling you that because you, have not, you are not rich and wealthy yet, because you've got some physical ailments disturbing you, oh, it is the demons, it's this, it's that, it's some ancestral curse, this, it's, oh, and they can deliver you and they can free you and they can release you from the bondage of your finances and all that nonsense. They're lying to you and you are loving the lies. That's why you go back to them. When you devote yourself to the pure, unadulterated Christianity as led by the word of Christ, you will understand that you are not in bondage to any man or any principalities if indeed you are truly in Christ. But we have too many people in the church today practicing the Christianity of their own. They paint the image of a Christ of their own, the messenger boy in heaven who they can command and, and order around and command to do this and command to do that. You cannot command a thing. You are a mere mortal, ransomed if you are truly saved. And you go before the Lord in humility. Next week we're going to look at we're going to look at the Beatitudes because there Jesus tells exactly who will live with Him eternally and who will not. There we know exactly who is saved and who isn't. So we're going to look at that next week in considering this issue of ridiculous doctrines that have been introduced into what is supposed to be the Christian Church and binding people. These people love to have control of your lives. Look. 
you have to be a lot more discerning to understand the workings of false teachers and false prophets. The majority of people who purport to serve Christ on pulpits today are false. And I do not make any mistake when I say the majority. It is true. The majority of them are false. Because of the nonsense they teach, people have to be more discerning. They're not going to curse Christ to your face. They use this name. <laughs> are you kidding? They will tell you Jesus is Lord. They don't mind saying it. It's just that he holds no substance in them. Because they cannot do it. They cannot deceive you under, under any other name. So don't look for the, just the obvious signs only. Satan is a lot more cunning than you imagine. And they'll write you on. I told you the last time about some ridiculous articles, well, supposedly free articles I got for prosperity from, from Peter Popoff's ministries. In there, I, I had three things that I told you about. I got another one. It's supposed to be, um, this is from the World Healing Center. Messengers for Christ, they call themselves. You see what I'm saying? This one's from, it was supposed to be free. It was uh, being advertised, free olive oil, anointed olive oil soap. And because, again, it was a free phone number, I phoned because I told you I don't waste my money on such foolishness. But it's anointed olive oil soap, and it's supposed to be free, so I sent off for it. And I've got it again. I've got it. What I've got, actually, I haven't quite got the bar of soap that was advertised. What I've got is a few crumbs of some soap. Smells nice, but, I mean, every soap does. <laughs> and I've got this one, and um, he sent it to me. It's from, what's his, what's his name? This one calls himself Reverend Paul Lewis. He's all over your television. If you look for him, you find him there. And um, he sent me this soap, uh, well, these crumbs of olive oil anointed soap apparently but he's going to rush me my full bar of soap as soon as he confirms my address so i'm supposed to send back this form and uh, confirm my address in there and then i should send him i should send him a gift of 60 pounds or 30 pounds or 150 pounds as a seed my faith offering to confirm my address and then he'll send me the full bar of soap and then of course i have another one another envelope in it which is, um, it's, it's given me three bits of scripture here that I'm supposed to claim. And I should fill them in and send that back also with a gift, you know, a seed offering for the faith so that the scripture can be activated, can activate the power of Jesus in my life, he says. You know, I should send a gift of 15, 20 or 30 pounds with that one. So by the time I've sent this back again, maybe I would have spent another 50 or 100 pounds for this free bar of soap. You want to believe such rubbish? You'll have yourself to blame. It's nobody's fault. They are there doing a job for Satan who sent them. They are there to make money. They're businessmen. But it's up to you. If you truly want salvation, if you truly consider the kingdom of heaven and you want to be a part of it, I'm going to talk about the kingdom of heaven next week in relation to the Beatitudes. Because the kingdom of heaven is not some place you're going to go to after you've left this world. And so the teaching that you should first deal with the affairs of this world and then you get to the kingdom of heaven later. It is such a false teaching and people are headed for hell just because of that. So I'll leave it here for today. And next week we'll continue. I'm Sarah Jala Emanuel. You can contact me by email on livingwhatchurch at btinternet.com If you have any questions about anything I've said or you have any issues you wish to raise, feel free to contact me, livingwhatchurch at btinternet.com. Until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you.